Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Well, good morning, North Bible Church. How are you doing this morning? Happy Mother's Day to all the mamas in the house. Special day for you. Uh, My mom, who's probably watching online somewhere out in Oklahoma, happy Mother's Day to you. It's so good to be together. Uh, Just a fun fact, it was one year ago uh, on Mother's Day that I stood before the church I was pastoring in Cleveland, Ohio, Cuyahoga Valley Church, and made the announcement uh, that Rika and I were going to start exploring options uh, that took us more westward again, closer to people we know and love and be able to be able to see our family more. Little did I know, one year later from Mother's Day, I'd be standing in the pulpit of North Bible Church as the new lead pastor, giving my very first message uh, to a new congregation. So thank you for welcoming us. It's been a, it's been a great journey. Uh, thank you for your warmth, your just uh, embrace of me, my family. We feel so spoiled and loved on and prayed for and encouraged. A special bonus for us, our son Cruz uh, flew out from Ohio to be with us this weekend. So he's here, that's a bit special treat. Um, we're extra grateful for that. Uh, before we dive into uh, our, our teaching time, I just want to give you a heads up, a little, a little peek at what our teaching calendar is going to look like for the next few months, just so you're aware. So today's a standalone, and it's a Mother's Day message, and we'll get to that in a minute. And just on that note, by the way, I know when we say Mother's Day and we watch these videos and we, we share these warm thoughts about uh, our moms, uh, I just want to acknowledge that for some of you today, it, it stings a little bit. And so I just want to just, just express that for those of you who have lost moms, uh, maybe you have an estranged relationship with the mom, or maybe you've lost a child, or just some sort of hardship is making today have a sting or a sense of loss. We just want you to know two things. One, we see you, we know you're there, and also the Lord sees you more importantly. And he sees your infertility, he sees your grief, he sees whatever you're going through, and he cares for you. And so just as we celebrate, uh, we rejoice with those who are rejoicing on Mother's Day, and we hurt with those who are hurting. We just want you to know that. So today is going to be a standalone Mother's Day message. Uh, Next weekend, I'm going to be back in Ohio to do a wedding that I committed to, and Pastor Brent is going to share a message on his heart from the book of Jonah. And then at the end of May, we're going to kick off a summer series in the book of Joshua. Uh, We're going to be doing a series uh, out of the book of Joshua for the summer, and it's going to be called He Said. And uh, you'll find out more about that as we kick that series off here in a couple weeks. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up on where we're going to be going. All right, back to Mother's Day. Uh, Question for you. Think of one piece of advice that your mother gave you that you remember. I'm sure she gave you lots, right? But if you were to reflect back on some of the advice that your mom had given you growing up, uh, what are some of the things that come to mind? Now, uh, I put that question out on my personal social media the other day, and it just blew up. There's about 40, 50 uh, comments there. Some great uh, passing on of advices from moms, from some of you, from some others. Uh, Here's just a few that stood out to me that I thought I'd share. Um, You cannot change others. You can only change yourself. How many of you heard that from your moms? I know that's been out there a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Here's another one. If you're going to laugh about it in 10 years, you might as well laugh about it now. That's good. That's good. I, I can use that one. Uh, here's another piece of advice this person appreciated. Don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> there, was a, there was a comment under that that said, I don't know if the people in Arizona can translate that. Maybe they should say, don't eat yellow sand. I'm like, I don't know. That's, 
Don't eat yellow snow. Okay. Um, another one. Pray, pray, and pray. Do not compare your motherhood or your children with anyone else. We're all unique, and God's precious children. God has a different, perfect plan for everyone. One person said, never go to bed angry. Give it to God. Uh, Rika's mom, Lucy, uh, shared this with Rika a lot. She remembers this. You can't control how others act, but you can always control how you react. That was good, good motherly advice from uh, my mother-in-law, who's with the Lord now. Uh, one person said this. When I was a teenager and we were leaving the house, this is, a, this is a guy who posted this, by the way. He said, my mom would ask where we're going, and we told her we're going to go out and pick up chicks. She would always tell us to make sure we put them back down when we're done. Always say please and thank you. Uh, look around the room for that kid that doesn't have a friend or a lunch made by a mom and dad and go be their friend. Share your lunch with them. See them and yourself the way Jesus does. Another one, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. And then one uh, piece of advice my mom always has given me uh, was don't forget to write thank you notes. Uh, myself and my sister, like my mom is the master of thank you notes. Uh, she still is the master of thank you notes. I think I owe her like 12 right now. So I'm still learning that lesson, but it's a great piece of advice that my mom gave me. So when we think of moms, we often think of the advice that they g- have given us. So I think it's appropriate that here today on Mother's Day, we look at some advice that a mother gave her son that's captured in the Bible. And it's in a very well-known passage known as Proverbs 31. You can open up your Bibles um, or open up your Bible apps and and get to Proverbs 31. I will say it's a daring thing for a man to stand in front of a room full of people with many women to teach Proverbs 31 on Mother's Day as your very first message as a lead pastor. Just saying. So a little extra prayer and grace will be appreciated as we kick that off today. Now with that, let's pray and we'll dive in. Father, thank you so much for this time. And Lord, we've, we've come in here because uh, we're looking for something. We know ultimately we're looking for someone. We're looking for you. So God, as we open your word today and just spend some time in it, Lord, we pray that you would give us eyes to see what you want us to see today. God, that you would give us ears to hear what you want us to hear today. Father, that you give us hearts to receive what you want us to receive today. And you will give us hands and feet to carry out the application of what you share with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. We do pray for the moms online and in this room right now, for those who are just uh, rejoicing in their motherhood and enjoying the joys and challenges. Be with them, give them strength and wisdom and all that they need. And for those who are hurting today on Mother's Day, just continue to meet them in that place of tenderness and give them comfort. So Lord, you have our attention. Speak to us now, we ask in Jesus' name. We all said together. Amen. Proverbs 31. Uh, go ahead and open up Proverbs 31. We're not going to read the entire passage. Uh, we're going to focus on a couple specific se- uh, sections. But let's start with verse 1 of Proverbs 31. It says, The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. So what we see here is that there is a king named Lemuel who is writing down and re- recapping some of the advice that his mother gave him. Now, some commentators and some uh, traditionalists say, well, maybe the king was Solomon. We don't know that. We don't have enough evidence to support that. Could have been. But apparently, there was this king in the life of the Hebrew people that had a godly mom and who knew God's word well and lived by godly principles well. And she instructed, she taught her son 
Lemuel, who became king, these teachings, and he's recapping them now. How special is it that God captured this and put it in his word? Now, uh, we're not going to read the first verses out of Proverbs 31 beyond that, but what, basically what you're seeing here is that King Lemuel remembers his mother's warnings about the dangers of sexual immorality, the dangers of the misuse of alcohol. Uh, she talks about him standing up for the weak and the vulnerable, all very good motherly advice that we would expect. And then she focuses on and spends a significant amount of time on teaching on what kind of woman should win his heart. And so when we look at Proverbs 31, that, that's the backdrop, that's the context here, is that he is recapping all that his mom taught him. God says, this, these are inspired words I'm putting in my word. And now he's going to spend a lot of time about the kind of woman that should capture the heart of her son. And so let's read through those verses together. This is Proverbs 31, starting with verse 10, through the end of Proverbs 31. Here, here's, let's look at those together says, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like a ship of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it's yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the staff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor, reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and she delivers sashes to the merchant. Verse 25, strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. The Proverbs 31 uh, passage is a far cry from the confusing extremes and distortions that we see regarding womanhood today in our culture. You see these extremes. On one hand, you have this fragile, docile doormat on one side. On the other extreme, you see this aggressive or macho persona on the other. But the profile of a woman here is a woman that has productive hands, a sharp mind, a tender heart, and godly character. Now, a lot of times when you read through a passage like this, a lot of you ladies are already checking out or cringing. Like the bar is set pretty high. And Proverbs 31 can produce feelings of inadequacy for women. The image of some superhuman woman who sets the bar for biblical womanhood so high that it can't be attained. Uh, there's a gal named Lauren Aquist, who's a content manager for Proverbs 31 Ministries. She wrote it this way. She says, this woman in Proverbs 31 is skillful in a lot of things. 
Scratch that. She's skillful in everything. According to the chapter, she wakes up super early, has great biceps, buys property, wears a lot of purple, cares for her kids, cares for the poor, keeps her home warm at night, and doesn't eat carbs. Like that's, that's kind of her assessment, right? Now, while Proverbs 31 of a, is a profile of a godly woman, it's not best to see this passage as a job description or checklist. It's a celebration of a type of woman who is excellent, who glorifies God, and is a blessing to her family. My sisters, when we read Proverbs 31, it's not to be seen as a prescription that should propel every woman everywhere to get married, have kids, start handmaking clothes. But that's not what we see here. And so today, I want to encourage you to understand this. Proverbs 31 is a tribute to women rather than a checklist for women. Let me say that again. Proverbs 31 is a tribute to women, not a checklist for women. And the writing of Proverbs 31 is heavily influenced by Old Testament culture, a lot of agricultural terms, a lot of ancient practices and, and traditions. And so we kind of have to navigate some of the context of those moments. But ultimately, Proverbs 31 is the type of woman who joyfully lives the life she has and doesn't long for the life she doesn't. And so this is what we see coming from these words. And that's a very important message for us because in an Instagram world where you're daily assaulted by everybody's highlight reel, it'd be very easy for you to feel inadequate and like you're missing out and you don't measure up. But God's word reminds you that that's far from true. So one of the reasons that this is a good passage for us to look at for Mother's Day is not just to try and encourage moms, but all women and us as men and us as children as we think about the weight that the women in our life carry, the women that we love. And so one of the reasons um, we, we go after this passage is to go after those understandings. Now, uh, if you're a single woman in the room, it'd be very easy for you to check out and go, like, this is clearly about being married and kids. Not so fast. If you think about this, this is a prince who received instruction from his mom about the kind of woman that one day he should marry. So this actually can be seen as a passage written to single women about the capabilities that they have, not the married woman and what she's already doing. Uh, Abigail Dodds, who's a blogger and author for Desiring God, she says this, Where but in Scripture could we find a vision of womanhood as glorious as this? Who but our God could design something with such blinding beauty alongside robust strength? The Psalms and Proverbs fill out this vision of a woman that shows us fortitude, clothed in splendor, a woman who presides over her domain with strong arms and resourcefulness. And so my hope is that today this will encourage especially the women in the room, but will motivate us as men and children in the room as well. And especially for those of you whose moms are still here, like that's a common, like we all had moms. And so there's a uniting element to this as well. All right, with that being said, I want to dig into some of the, the verbiage in the text. I want to give you five qualities that flow from a woman who pursues the Lord specifically the ones we see out of verses 25 to 31. I just had to narrow 
the, the, the focus here. And so five qualities that flow from a woman who pursues the Lord, as we see in verses 25 to 31. First, we see this. She's valiant. She's valiant. Verse 25 says, strength and dignity are her clothing. If you go to verse 17, it says, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong, meaning that their strength is taken into action. The word strength here means a display, a display of might and power, but then we also see dignity, which is to be understood as splendor and honor above common, true class, true virtue, strong in character. Combined, I think you get this word valiant. It's a word that captures both strength and dignity, power and nobility. And these qualities are not just reserved for men. These are qualities that reflect the image of God, strength and dignity. And so women are often much stronger than they're given credit for. When a woman runs a marathon, when a woman beats breast cancer, when a woman delivers a baby, when a woman patiently endures her man's daily arrogance, you see glimpses of her strength and her dignity, her valor. You know, there's a fun picture I saw a while back. It was actually, I think, a, a, a little of a, um, uh, I don't know what it's called, a uh, thing for all. It was never a dress. I love this picture. So when I think of a woman, I'm going, that, that's strength and valor right there. That's dignity. It was never a dress. It was always the heroic effort of the woman uh, behind it. I have a friend named Christy who says it this way. She goes, I'm a warrior princess. <laughs> um, so what examples of strength and dignity and valor come to your mind when you think about the special women in your life. A woman who pursues the Lord is valiant. And we see that quality today, and we celebrate it in the women we love. Secondly, she's secure. Not only is she valiant, but she's secure. Look at verse 25. It says she laughs at the time to come. When it says here that she laughs, we're talking about in contempt. It's a playful mockery. She's not intimidated by the future. See, a woman chasing after God will experience more security than she will anxiety. And we know that life is full of threatening scenarios. Uh, the tomorrow, the future, and all the, the worry that comes with that. Uh, but a woman who's pursuing God learns to laugh at those you know, uh, scenarios that threaten the future and cause worry. Now, this doesn't mean that she will never experience worry, but instead of being plagued by fear and worry, on the regular, she will have a sense of security and stability because she trusts God. She knows that he holds everything that she holds dear in his hands. As mothers and fathers, it's so easy for us like, to feel like we, we hold everything pertaining to our children and the other people in our life that we love like it's in our hands. Our hands are so small compared to God's. Everyone you hold dear are in God's hands, not just yours. And so that brings online a greater sense of security. I tell you what, worrying about the future, living in trepidation on the regular, it, it really does damage to our heart, our mind, our relationships. You can't change the past. What's happened has happened. But you can poison the present by worrying about the future too much. And so we see this quality that a woman who's pursuing God 
lives in a regular security more than anxiety. Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't you find it interesting that we, we live in a world that actually says anxiety should be the norm, not security. That's, that's the narrative of the world we live in. Like, oh, no, no, anxiety should be the norm, but occasionally you might experience security. But when you look at what God has said, and what God's word has said, it's security is the norm, but we will experience anxiety at times. It's the flip. So whose narrative are you going to follow? Whose lead are you going to follow? The world that says, no, you have to live in constant anxiety trying to find security somehow or live with what God has said. God says, no, security is mine to give you, but there will be times you experience anxiety. But just remember who I am and remember what I've done. And so a woman who pursues God will live with security. What examples and demonstrations of security come to your mind when you think about the special women in your life. A woman who pursues the Lord is secure, and we see and celebrate that quality today in the women we love. Thirdly, she's wise. Look at verse 26. It says, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. So the women celebrated here has credibility in her wisdom. She has kindness in its delivery. She has great influence upon her family and friends and relationships by being a source of wisdom to go to. That's why we're all grateful for the lessons our moms have taught us, right? Dads have taught us plenty of lessons, but we got another month to go before we talk about that, right? It's Mother's Day. We even heard that on the video. Some of those lessons are coming to mind. Charles Spurgeon, great theologian and author, says, I cannot tell you how much I owe to the solemn word of my good mother. All of us can tie back to some of those lessons, the wisdom, the instruction that our moms brought our lives. By the way here, it says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Just so you know, the word teaching there, literally in the Hebrew is Torah. It's the law. It's the Torah of kindness is on her tongue. Wisdom from God's word. Wisdom from God's law. And so what we see flowing from these godly women is godly counsel taught with grace. When she opens up her mouth, it's not gossip. It's not slander. It's not idle talk that she utters. Her words are distinguished by good sense, by discretion. She lovingly instructs those around her, and she leans into restraint to avoid a demeaning or domineering posture when she instructs. Uh, yesterday, uh, my son and I got a chance to go do an outing in the local area. Afterwards, we went to In-N-Out Burger. And why? it's so good to be back in the land of In-N-Out Burger. I'm just saying. <laughs> Animal style is my friend. Um, and we ordered our meal, and as I sat there in the booth waiting, I watched this mom. And she had about a five- or six-year-old child with her. And she was definitely having a moment of giving instruction. But right there in line, the instruction looked like a very bent over, facially restrained face, trying to whisper loud enough for the kid to hear, but not everyone else in the restaurant, the right next to her. And then she had the finger of doom out. <laughs> and it was just, and you could tell, like, and, and then you just saw the eyes on that child. Just looking down, and you could just tell the countenance of this child was just, it, wasn't, it didn't seem healthy, it didn't seem right. We've all been there, right? 
We've been there as the child receiving the finger of doom and like, ugh. And we've been there as the parent that went, that eh, might not have been the best call. Man, I've done that way too many times in my life. I wish I could take all those moments back that I did that to my kids. And so we look at this moment going, this, this profile, this characteristic, this quality is a woman who gives wisdom, but through kindness. It's a quality that we see. It's a good thing that we're not defined by our failures or mistakes, amen? But those moments do provide opportunities for us to grow in giving and receiving wisdom. So what wisdom has been imparted to you by the special women of God in your life? A woman who pursues the Lord is wise, and we see and celebrate that quality today in the women we love. Fourthly, she's diligent. Look at verse 27. It says, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. The word looks well there means like surveillance. She's assessing the situation. Isn't it amazing how it seems like your mom could always pick up on what you were doing even if she wasn't in the room or even in the building at times? But what we see here is the surveillance. She surveys the needs in her home and she rolls up her sleeves to meet them. She's not found to be lazy, but diligent, a hard worker, resourceful, attentive to the needs around her. She manages. She manages resources. She manages a household. She manages children. She manages whatever comes before her. What we see here in this concept of being diligent, it's about purpose, not perfection, by the way. When we pursue diligence, it's about purpose, not perfection. We know that what's written here is done in the culture of Sabbath, for example. Like, if we're not careful, again, we'll go to these extremes. We'll be so lazy and so idle, or we'll just be like a workaholic where we just don't stop, and, and there's lights on our dashboard, and we're redlining, and we're not paying attention to those things. This was written in the context of a culture that's Sabbath. They knew how to rest. So they could be diligent, they could pursue purpose, but not at the neglect of their own needs. I think that's good for us to remember. And so we can be diligent. We can pursue purpose, but not perfection. I think a lot of times about uh, those in my life, and some of you might be able to relate to this, that sometimes you find yourself going, 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 and feeling all this pressure of the expectations that others you feel are putting on you. But a lot of times it's the expectations you put upon yourself that are doing the most damage. And a lot of times what feeds that is comparison. I mean, that person's house, that person's accomplishments, that person's life, that marriage, the way they, you know, and all of a sudden you, you put these expectations upon yourself and all of a sudden instead of being purposeful, now it's this pressure situation stealing the joy of the very role you have to be a wife, a mom, an aunt, a sister, a good friend. And so we have to caution ourselves against those extremes that can creep in. Diligence is a good quality, but it's about purpose, not perfection. Don't try to trend toward that area. I guess the question I would have for you, and it's really for all of us, not just the ladies in the room, what erodes or sabotages our diligence in life? I'll tell you right now, it it could be that discouragement that you have, that soundtrack that's going on in your mind, words of others, words and lies you tell yourself. It could be distractedness. We all know right now one of the things that sabotages our diligence is those little devices in our hands. We log hours scrolling and squandering our time when we could be more diligent with it. And so we, we, we have to pursue the purpose God made us for, 
but we don't have to pursue perfection. It's not possible. So when you think about the godly women in your life, what examples do you see? What comes to mind about their diligence? It's a quality that we see today. It's a quality that we celebrate today. And lastly from this passage, the fifth quality that flows from the life of a woman who's pursuing God is that she's godly. Look at verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. As we all grow spiritually, but especially as women grow spiritually, they begin to value spiritual beauty over physical beauty. We're we're not against physical beauty, but we're more concerned about the beauty of the heart and the mind and the soul than the beauty of the body. Years ago, I heard it from another mother who was talking about how she would uh, bring this into the lives of her daughters. She would ask them, where does true beauty start? She started this when the kids were young. And the response was, in the heart. Where does true beauty start? In the heart. Again, we live in a culture that says, your beauty is about what's on the outside, but we know that God looks at what's on where? You don't sound convinced. Where? The inside. True beauty starts in the heart. And so every now and then I'll try to circle back around with my daughters over the years. Where does true beauty start? In the heart. Where does true beauty start? In the heart. Look, you can look great on the outside, be a hot mess on the inside. A ticking time bomb. A person that can't be trusted, terrible character, um, but you might look not great on the outside and have a phenomenal character, phenomenal beauty on the inside. That's what's most valuable. And so we live in this culture that encourages us to spend tons of money and energy trying to preserve physical beauty, which inevitably, no matter how hard we resist, we resist, does fade. But it's interesting, it's over time, your internal beauty can grow while the external beauty starts to fade. Trillia Newbell is a blog and author with Desiring God and the Gospel Coalition. Uh, in referring to 1 Peter 3.3, 3, where Peter talks about braided hair and jewelry, she says, Peter doesn't say we should never wear braided hair and jewelry. He doesn't want us to be overly focused on it. The heart is the main thing. The heart is the focus of our femininity. It's a great word from a woman who's trying to pursue the Lord. And so the source of real and true beauty in a woman's heart and character is what's inside. The most beautiful characteristic of a woman is her love for Jesus. That's true for all of us. Which the danger is, we could, we could look at what we're talking about here and go, I'm going to chase after those things. But where we'll miss the mark is that these are all reflections of the God who made us. Like wisdom, God's all wise. So when we operate in wisdom, we're reflecting the one who made us. If we're diligent, like God made everything. God doesn't just like sit back. He's always working. So when we're diligent, we're reflecting God. When uh, we pursue growth in our character, trying to be more godly, we're trying to be more like the one who made us and reflect God. All these characteristics flow from our relationship with God, which means you could sit here, you could be online and not have a relationship with Christ and try really hard to grow in these areas, but you're going to be limited. Because what unlocks them and their potential is your relationship with Christ. I hope that all of you have come to that moment where you recognize that you're sinful, (laughs) and that you have a broken relationship with God, 
and that you could never repair it or fix it on your own, and that God provided a solution to that problem through Christ, and that through his death on the cross and through his resurrection from the grave, he offers forgiveness, he offers a restored relationship, he offers the ability to pursue a life that he created you for, these characteristics and qualities flow more freely from our lives. We're able to grow in them in a different way because the Holy Spirit of the living God comes to live inside of us once we come into relationship with Christ. And so if you've never done that, we definitely want to have a conversation with you. And so after the service, approach me, some of our staff, some of our other uh, leaders that have the, the lanyards on, say, I'd like to learn more about what it means to have a relationship with Christ. And we'd love to share that with you. So these are great qualities, but we're not supposed to just go after them in our human effort. They flow from our relationship with Christ. And so this review, five qualities that flow from a woman who pursues the Lord. She's valiant. She's secure. She's wise. She's diligent. She's godly. And again, as you read through Proverbs 31, this is a, this is a profile. This is not a checklist. This is a tribute to women, not a checklist for women. And then we see here, there's an outcome. There's an outcome for living this way. Look at verses 28 through 31. It says, her children rise up and call her blessed. Some of you are going like, that hasn't happened in a long time. It might be delayed, but it won't be denied. Okay. Um, her husband also, and he praises her. And this is a sample of the praise that this man gives his, his wife. Many women have done ex- excellently, but you surpass them all. Give her the fruit of her hands. Let the works praise her in the gates. So for those with children, you're, you're going to be praised by your kids. Again, sometimes uh, de- delayed, not denied. Uh, those who are married, praised by your husband. For married uh, and single both, praised by your community and those you're in relationship with for just living out these qualities. And just a note for us as men and those as, for us as, as children. When is the last time you thanked your, your mom, your wife, other godly women in your life for the example they have set? Like we always talk about, well, you've got to try to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah? Well, what do we see here is true of a Proverbs 31 man and what he is, his response is. What do we see here is a Proverbs 31 child? What is our response to our moms who are trying to live out these lives? Fun fact here, in Jewish culture, it's often not the women who memorize Proverbs 31. It's actually the men. And typically what they do is they sing it on the eve of the Sabbath as a song of praise titled, Women of Valor. And so once a week, on the eve of Sabbath, these men will sing Proverbs 31 to the wives. Now some of you single ladies are like, I've got to find me a Messianic Jewish man. <laughs> Sounds like a great deal. The point being, those who know godly women best should appreciate them most. And that's not just a praise given to just moms, to just wives, or just on Mother's Day, but on the regular. One way you can do that is just to share something with those women in your lives of encouragement today. When's the last time you just said, you know, something you've taught me, fill in the blank. You know, one thing I really appreciate about you, fill in the blank. You know, one characteristic I see in you, one quality I've always appreciated about you is, is this. This is a simple little gifts of encouragement and affirmations. And for all my sisters, 
don't be overwhelmed by the qualities of Proverbs 31. Just make it a goal to be faithful, to just grow in these areas as God leads your heart. They just flow simply out of a desire to reflect the one who made you. These are qualities he's put in you, not that you have to try to generate yourself. Remember, it's a tribute to women, not a checklist for women. All right, I've got some reflection questions I want uh, to share with you, and then I'm actually going to invite my wife up in a minute uh, to share a couple thoughts from a woman's perspective. Uh, As you think through this qualities that we just shared, here's some reflection questions. Which quality can you thank God for helping you be strong in? So ladies, as you look at those five qualities that we touched on today, which one could you say, you know what, I, by God's grace, I think this is an area I'm pretty strong in. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for helping me grow in this area. I feel good here. What's, what's one of those uh, areas that you feel you are strong in? Second, which quality is God impressing on your heart to grow in? When you think about the valiant, the secure, the wisdom, all that stuff, which one of those you go, that's definitely a glaring area I need to grow in. God, would you help me? And lay that before the Lord. As children and spouses, what has God impressed on your heart today to do in light of what you've heard today? I think as men and as children, God's going to put a specific response in our heart that we can give to the godly women in our lives based on what we've heard today. All right. I want to invite my wife, Rika, up. She's going to come up. Uh, I'll put her on the spot um, just to share a little bit from Proverbs 31 from a woman's perspective. And so, Rika Allen, welcome. <laughs> so, as we, as we look at Proverbs 31, um, what do you think actually might discourage women uh, when they hear, read Proverbs 31? Okay, so definitely this is his thing, not mine, to speak publicly, so forgive me for being note-bound. What discourages me the most is she seems to maintain this level of perfection, which is unattainable, and I wonder, does she ever slow down? (laughs) Um, At first glance, we can read this and feel discouraged and like even like a failure, unable to obtain these lofty standards. However, as we dig deeper, we see this as a portrait of what excellence looks like, And excellence should look excellent, otherwise it wouldn't be very inspiring, right? Um, It's not meant to drag us down, but to set the the bar high as we strive to be like Christ. This woman embodies wisdom and is a character type. My commentary puts it this way. This profile is an ideal, a particular example of full-scale virtue and wisdom toward which the faithful are willing to be molded into. It's not expected that any one woman will look exactly like this in every respect. In other words, hashtag goals, right? Mm-hmm. Next question. <laughs> so obviously we know there's room for discouragement when a lot of times women here read Proverbs 31. What actually is encouraging and motivating, do you think, for women when they hear and read Proverbs 31? So my personal hugest encouragement in Proverbs 31 is out of verse 25 when it talks about she laughs at the time to come. She laughs at the future. The idea here is that she is not consumed with worry what is happening in the future. She's not riddled with anxiety over what is to come. And with anxiety at an all-time high in our culture, us moms can certainly find ourselves consumed with fears in regard to our kids. Unless that's just me, I don't know. (laughs) Um, from, From the time our kids are infants, and actually even while in the womb, throughout their entire lives, we can be anxious about their safety, their health, their friends, their education their future spouse, their walk with the Lord. If you're 
children have children. As a grandparent, you might be worried about how they're raising your grandkids. The list can go on and on. This verse helps us to rest and trust in the Lord and not allow anxiety to flood our hearts and minds. Jesus is in control of it all, and he is the author and sustainer of life. I love Psalm 121.8. It says, the Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. That encourages me to just take a breath and laugh at the future. Um, we truly can and as we walk out the, our days with him. Knowing he's sovereign over it all, and he cares for us and for our kids far more than we could ever. Thank you, honey, for sharing that. So what I want to do is we spent some time looking at the passage, interacting with it, but let's just spend some time talking to the Lord. And so I want to open us up in prayer, and I'm going to give you two moments as we're praying, just to, just to talk to the Lord. One of them will be a time just to thank God for what he's taught you and the influence that he has given you through your moms. Just a time to thank God for that. And the second is going to be a time uh, to ask for help. In light of what was read today, in light of what we taught on today, would you say, God, help me too? And you kind of fill in the blank and have a moment here talking to God. But let's, let's come to God together in prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for the power of your word. Lord, we know that your word is hard. Some of the things we read today are challenging. Uh, they're, they're not comfortable. And so we thank you that you love us enough to challenge our emotions, challenges, challenge our own presuppositions, challenge our earthly thinking. God, we thank you for uh, the moms in our lives. We pray especially for those today that are hurting again, that you just comfort them. God, that you would take the words that uh, we've read and the words that I've said, Lord, just strip anything that was uh, in error out of memory. Highlight that which came straight from you into the hearts of those who are listening today and encourage them. I just want to give you a moment right now. Would you just take a moment and just thank God? Just kind of fill in the blank in your own heart as you're praying, as you're talking to God. God, thank you for my mom. Thank you for how you taught me this or for this influence in my life. Would you just take a minute and thank God for your moms? And now, as women, as men, as fathers, husbands, sons, daughters, let's just come to God saying, I've been challenged today. God, would you help me to, what is it that God put on your heart? God, would you help me to do this today? Would you just lay that before the Lord right now?
for women who long to be moms but are faced with infertility, for those with difficult relationships with their mom or mothers with estranged adult children, for women who have dealt with abortion in the past. Father, we know that you see us and our individual stories and you care. Please bring comfort and healing to each and every hurt represented here today. And Lord, for all the women whose hearts are filled with joy today, may you continue that joy in our hearts. Give us each an extra measure of your grace to be more like the Proverbs 31 woman. Please grant us strength and dignity and the ability to laugh at the future. Help us to make the best use of our time, to care well for our families, to lead in our communities, and most importantly, to prioritize you first in our lives. We know that staying connected to you is the only way our children will rise and call us blessed. Thank you, Lord, for the high calling of motherhood. Please help us to steward that calling well. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.